You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Ugly as ugly can get, that's all we can really say before we dive into this. This is Orange and Backcheck. We break down game two right now. This is the Orange and Backcheck podcast with Bill Kornfeld and Scott Weinhardt. Welcome in. It is episode 42. The, oh, I, I didn't. Robert Esch. That's it. Yes, the Robert Esch. He's, I'm Bill, he's Scott. Man, that was an ugly loss, uh, to say the least. 5 nothing down uh, to tie this series up at 1 for the Flyers and, and Canadians. Um, really not much you can say other than they lost 5 nothing. and got their butts handed to them. Right, Scott? Um, that would be an understatement. Yeah. An understatement. That was the worst game I've seen this team play since probably... I would say probably against the Kings on the West Coast trip. They just they came out flat. They were puck watching for I would say the first five ten minutes there. I thought I was watching a Pee Wee team. But they didn't even have a shot until the first uh, sixteen minutes into the game. Yeah, it took seventeen minutes for me to get a shot on goal. They had four shot attempts up to that point, and none of them hit the net. That's uh, it, it. Look, that was beyond garbage yesterday. Uh, they know it. There's no reason to keep harping on it. Um, it, it it's something where there's some red flags. There's some cause, cause for concern, uh, but I still think that they'll battle back and, and get this all squared up at some point. Um, overall, I, I just do think that it was not the best of games for them as a team. Yep. And there's a, there's a lot that there's a lot that goes into that. Yeah, I think initially, as soon because everyone talked about the second period in game one, going back to them. To then, and it it was like, uh, is this a? Oh, my alarms go. Some sort of alarms going off. Uh, hang <laughs> I on. Have alarm set for eight fifty eight on a Saturday. You always get up at three o'clock in the morning anyway to go to work. <laughs> okay, he walks I'm away. back. I swear. He walks away. I'm coming back. Why would like, you have an alarm set for eight fifty eight a.m.? You get up at three o'clock to go to work. Here's the thing. That wasn't my alarm. That was my wife's alarm. So oh. blame her. All anyway, right. so always, uh, always the wives. I did, it is always the wives, as you'll hear probably at the end of this podcast. Um, <laughs> so I think what you go back to game two, game one, excuse me, in the second period, and everyone talked about how flat-footed and puck-watching as they did in game two. They really started in in the second period of game one because right. they only won uh, two to one in game one. It was one goal game, and then they see. My takeaway is they're. I think every good team 
does this in every great team, does this once, and then moves along with it. So we're going to determine how good the Flyers really are. Are they a good team or are they a great team here? Because the great teams have a game like this and then immediately move on. They realize what they did. They undervalued their opponent in Montreal, and now they're starting to regret, and now they're paying the piper for that right now in in this bad loss, 5 nothing. So tomorrow night, or tomorrow, yeah, tomorrow night, uh, against in game three are they going to come out and realize that they're playing a team that is good but they can easily beat if they play to what they should be and they have been since early march i don't think they undervalued montreal i don't think that's the case at all i just don't think they came out with jump you know montreal came off with a lot of emotional uh push to go with this their head coach claude julien was hospitalized after game one. Yeah, uh, had a stent, uh, a coronary stent put in, so it was really, really serious. I'm talking probably uh, might have had a heart attack there. Yeah, um, so, and get well, clue, get well soon, Claude. Yeah, Obviously, absolutely. we would wish nothing but the best for the for the the legendary. He's a legendary coach. I mean, like, the guy's incredible. He is. He's a great coach. He's going to be the best ever, and uh, he's he's won the cup before, um, and he has a chance here to do it again. You know, you know. Hopefully not this year, but you know that the Montreal team has gotten better over some time here. Um, I don't think the Flyers going back to it. I don't think they undervalued it. They just weren't ready to play. Yeah. And, you know, we we've never knocked Vigneault and never knocked the coaching staff, but you know, only the coaches can only do so much. Um, I'm sure they saw what happened with that second period and tried to make adjustments. And the Flyers just came out. They didn't look. They were ready to play. They weren't ready to go at three o'clock. They were ready to go at about. I would say about 3.40 when they finally got their first shot on goal because they settled down at the end of the first period there. Um, but by then, it just Montreal had so much flow going on, and Montreal was just moving very, very well as a unit. Uh, it was it was going to be a tough hole to climb out of, especially with the way Carey Price... Uh, look, he, he, he did play a factor yesterday. Regardless, the Flyers did have 30 shots on goal to end it up, so he did play a big factor, shut him out. Uh, so just when that team is going, they can hurt you. And we said yep. it in the Pittsburgh series. We said it even before the playoffs started. Like that's a team to watch out for. They're just they're not supposed to be here, and they're not gonna just roll over and die for any team. Well, the problem I'm looking at it too. Not just the pl- the entire team was flat footed. Like you can get away with one or two lines being flat footed. I would think in the NHL, maybe one. I think two is a little excessive. But the players that were completely flat-footed and were on the ice for a majority of the goals were your top line. Coots was a minus two. Claude was a minus two. Uh, Nate Thompson was a minus one. Or Joel Farabee was also a minus two. Like, these are players that you cannot... Joel Farabee has stepped into a top six role all of a sudden, and he needs to play like that, especially now that Travis Konechny is going to be probably out for tomorrow night, I would imagine. His ankle... They I haven't heard too much... I haven't heard an extent of what the injury is, but I would imagine he's probably going to be out for next week. Or, excuse me, for tomorrow night. So these players, like Claude, like Couturier, like Farabee, need to start stepping up. The minus two is unacceptable in the NHL playoffs right now, and this is this is something that Claude's got to wake up. You need something. I, I'm not going to say that Claude has to start scoring goals specifically, but he needs to start creating. Like This is something that we talked about in, heading into this series. Claude and the top line have to start making moves here, and they still continue to struggle. He needs to lead this team. Yeah. He needs to grab this team by the balls and say, yo, boys, that was unacceptable. Let's go. I, look, there's no reason the team's going to look at this and say, okay, we we don't know what we did wrong. They know what they did wrong. I Watch Katuria again. You're right. Katuria had a horrible game yesterday. Katuria is usually an effective player. 
defensively, he was so irresponsible, just puck watching, skating around. I, I tell you though, the, what really needs a change is that 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 bottom three, uh, that that bottom uh, three. Uh, I'm sorry, that bottom defensive pairing. Yeah, Justin Braun and Ghost. I don't know why they were matched up together again. But they were just dominated yesterday. I mean, I'm curious if, if if AV just went into this mindset because there were no changes on both sides. I, I maybe yeah. Kirk Muller on Canadian side was just like, "Hey, I'm gonna let uh, let Claude handle this." But then all of a sudden, I, uh, AV says, "I'm not gonna make any moves," and I was shocked by that. We talked about that going into in the post game episode of game one. We fully expected Ghost to be scratched. I'm if he's not scratched in game three, I, something has gone. Claude or excuse me, uh, uh, Elaine has had some sort of mental roadblock in in benching. Ghost. Yeah, there's got to be some sort of analytic or something they might be looking at to see why he is. But I mean, defensively, he was just terrible yesterday. That that uh, that second goal uh, where he 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 literally just dropped to his knees and just tried to poke check a guy. I'm like, what are you doing? Like, yeah. stay on your feet and pull and, and work on a stick. Like he's just looking around like he was a fish out of water. I you know, look, Ghost Ghost as we talked about in the past in the past couple of episodes, he's very good when you need help driving the play. Okay, it worked against Tampa Bay. It kind of worked okay against Montreal. You got away with it. Yesterday, you saw why, Ghost. This can sometimes be a liability. Um, there's there's no reason that he should be out there again uh, in this series unless they're really – who's minus two yesterday? Him and Braun were both a minus two yesterday. Yep. It was, and, he, and also, Ghost, I mean, he only had four shots on goal and four blocks. He had, he had, a, he had a penalty. Um, but it's not – and 17 minutes of ice time. It's not – good enough it's not more you need you need something a little more i should say you need to be more defensive oriented against this team granted yes you're going against Carey price and you're going against shea weber and and the 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 canadians played very physical yesterday i was really surprised they they had 32 hits the flyers wound up having 36 so they out hit them this game but the canadians came out a lot more physical than i expected to be and it worked for them they just i think it caught the flyers off guard Defensively, they weren't prepared for it. They got flat-footed. Emotionally, they weren't up to the levels of the Canadians, and they weren't ready to play when the puck dropped. And I think that by the time the game actually started for the Flyers, it was already in the second period. Yeah. Uh, so you're behind the eight ball when that happens to begin with. So um, it's it's something where they're going to have to really look at this at the tape and say, okay, what do we need to do to fix this? Is it? I don't think it's anything systemic. I really just think it was the players just having an off day. So yeah, uh, I don't want to. And again, you don't want to keep harping on it. You're just trying to break it down and see why people were saying like, "Oh, we well, top line's got to produce." Well, yeah, no, no kidding. They didn't score any goals yesterday. It's very hard to score against <sighs> Carey Price. It's very hard to win in the playoffs when you don't score any goals. So that that's the thing. The last time the Flyers did this though was against New Jersey in the regular season. And then they went on a tear after that. Yep. Well, also keep in mind, to, for anyone that is just diving into the Flyers in this round robin, they have not lost a back-to-back... They have not lost back-to-back games since their West Coast trip in January. Yep, and that's going to end tomorrow. Like, the, uh, all right, we're already getting into predictions here. No, I'm just saying is that everybody wants to harp on the regular season. This is the playoffs. This yeah, is a different, you're right. different story like that. Don't look at the regular season and say, oh, well, they haven't lost back back here. They always bounce back. Well, you know what? This team hasn't faced adversity yet. They have not faced enough adversity to this level. And the, yeah, to this extent. I agree right. there. 
That's the point. And but you also damn have it. To... I said it. I said that's the point. Damn it. <laughs> but, God but, damn it. But but uh, but to to my point, like what the regular season is a good model for what you should expect a team to perform in the playoffs. Fair. What we saw in the pl- in the regular season for the Flyers, especially late from January until March when the stoppage happened, we saw one of the best teams, if not the best team, in that three month span in the NHL. There is no reason that we should not be expecting the Flyers not to lose this game. They should absolutely, or excuse me, not to win tomorrow's tomorrow night's game because right. they have the they've have they faced this level of, of adversity in terms of uh pressure? Absolutely not because the NHL playoffs are a completely different animal compared to the regular season. Totally agree with you there. However, they know exactly what they need to be doing to get back on track. And also keep in mind, again, I going back to the point where they should not be taking Montreal lightly, but they also should also understand this team shouldn't be even in the playoffs. Yes, they beat a Pittsburgh team, but if the regular season had gone forward with 82 games, chances are they would not have been there. They should not be in the same room as the Flyers, and they should be in that mindset. This team shouldn't be with us. We should blow them out of the water, and let's win these next three games and get on with our lives so we can move on to the Eastern Conference semifinals. That should be the mindset of the Flyers right now. You're right, it should be, but let me ask you this, Mr. Fanboy. Okay, what what were the outcomes of each game this year? Right, they split. No, the Flyers won the series 2-1. to Right. Okay, how did they win each game? Overtime, or shootout. Yes, both in overtime. Yeah. They won both in overtime. When the Flyers lost, what wound up happening? Well, they uh, lost 4-1. to They got blown out of the water. So don't tell me that. Wait a minute, wasn't that the Alex Lyon episode, or game? Yeah, but it doesn't matter. We're not going to see Alex Lyon. Right, but but you're also not going against your top goalie. If you don't have your top goalie in it, that's a pretty big factor in determining determining how well you played against a team. Did you only score? Did you only score one goal? Sure, but you also gave up four goals because your uh your fringe NHL playoff. your fringe NHL uh, caliber goalie was playing in in spot of Brian hold Elliott on. and Carter Hart. Hold on, hold on, hold on. They lost five nothing yesterday. That was a worst. I know, but we're talking about that being the ano- anomaly. This is the anomaly more than the the normalcy. You're normalcy. Not seeing the bigger picture, Montreal plays this team tough. They. I know that. It's of course, I know the- that. You, we look at it and say, okay, they should blow them out of the water. If yes, they should. Own, if you're looking at it on paper, yeah, the Flyers are deeper than them. They should. They should be able to handle my yes. But they didn't, and they have lost the game where they've gotten blown out by pretty much the same team, only minus Ilya Kovalchuk. But I, I, so, I, like, uh, this team, this team is not a playoff team. The, the, the Canadians I'm talking about. They are. They snuck in. They snuck in. Yes, because they snuck into the playoffs on a on a uh, on a benefit of what had happened. Again, if do, do you uh, would the Montreal be an eight seed if they had ma- if the season had completed eighty two games? It's it. Uh, yes or no? Yes or no? Just it, yes or no? It could have been possible. They were on a tear when this thing ended. They were playing hot as well. They uh, won eight games in a row this season. They're not a team to just write off. You don't write teams. I'm not writing them off, off. But I'm, I'm not writing them off. But I'm also recognizing that the Flyers are the clear better team 
whether it's on the if ice they or were on better, paper, they'd be up to nothing. They're if they not. were better, the series is tied one-one. Give a little respect to the opponent. There. I'm giving them respect. I can give them respect and also see that the Flyers should be blowing this team out of the water for the next three games. You're allowed to have one crappy game, as I talked about. The great teams are allowed to have one crap game where they undervalue their opponent, and that's what they did. Do you fully expect them to? Do you like? There's no way they are coming out flat-footed like they did tomorrow night, as they did yesterday afternoon who knows wait who knows have a take honestly like look everybody wants to say again i'll go back to my point as i said before and look you can make all the things if i haven't lost back-to-back games since january well you know what everything comes to an end at some point and chances are if they're gonna lose back-to-back it's because now montreal's the home team they get last change you get them pick the matchups better so yeah I, I, I don't care. It could be I don't, a difficult thing honestly, for the Flyers. And I then, don't care. It, would be a, it wouldn't be the worst thing in the world for this team to go down 2-1. to one. It would not be the worst thing in the world. Yeah, because uh, uh, no. then it really shows the adversity they need to fight back on. Fine. But I also think it's an avoidable situation to go down 2-1 to one against Montreal. If you're right. It's, it is avoidable. If, you're I, going, I, I, if we're I, talking I, about Carolina, Washington, or the Islanders, who are their potential opponents in the second round, or in the semifinals of the Eastern Conference, fine. You go down 2-1. to one. You don't go down 2-1 to one against a team like Montreal. I'm sorry. The, see, that's the issue that people aren't realizing. Montreal's still a good hockey team. They Montreal, can be a good team. The Montreal Flyers are better. Beat, Montreal beat Pittsburgh. They took out two of the best players in the entire game. They took out Sidney Crosby. They took out uh, Evgeny Malkin. They took out Chris Letang. They oh, took please! Out Jake if if Look, we're going to talk that, about if we're going to talk about how hot the Flyers and and the Canadians were playing in the regular season, the Pittsburgh Penguins were one of the coldest teams at that point. So it's not we predicted it's the. It's a totally different time. What played in six months? What? How can you tell me that uh, two teams, the Canadians and the Flyers, were that were hot in March and are continuing to stay hot in the bubble? Is a is a major factor to be considered, but the the Pittsburgh Penguins continually stay cold in when they were in February and March and stayed cold in August. You're telling me that doesn't matter compared to the Montreal and the Flyers? Get the hell out of here! I did not say that. I'm telling you that this team actually already overcame some adversity. This team took good for out them. A team that Golf clap. Golf clap for the Canadians. What? They don't listen. Listen. They, they they're trying to put. They know they're in a situation now. Where they could put the best team. They're not looking at the Flyers as the top seed. They're not looking at that. They're looking at that they think they can beat them at this point. Of course. The Flyers should have the same mindset. They should have the exact same mindset. The Montreal Canadiens are in here. They're playing against us as the eight seed. Get the hell out of here. Let's blow this team out of the water. Three games right here. Finish this thing in five. I don't think it's going to happen. I'm telling you, it's going to I predicted it. I mean, honestly, like, I'm what I'm, they're going to win tomorrow night, is my prediction. Because I, I think this team, especially here's also the difference, and I wanted to get to this point before we wrap up here. What also I think is a big difference, and we go we harp on this time and time again, I'm going back to AV. Let's pretend that Dave Haxtell is the head coach right now of this oh, team. Let's go back to the Hack days, okay. Oh, it was one year ago. Let's go back to the Haxtell days, and let's put him in this scenario. He just lost 5 nothing. He had to pull his star goalie in Carter Hart, put Brian Elliott in it, who played decent. I, like, he only faced, I think, five or six shots. Turned him all, except he, turned, he lost one. Fine. Whatever. I thought he played decent, and it was a crappy situation for a guy like Brian Elliott to be put in because you're already down 4 nothing, and all hope is lost at this point. However... AV found, and I don't think Dave Haxtell does this, AV has found the nugget that he wants his team to harp on. He was pissed 
absolutely pissed at Kirk Muller for putting out his top power play line in late in the third period when it was already 5-0 at that point. There is, that's what good coaches do. They find that nugget that he wants his players to know and harp on and get in with some juice in to get this team going for tomorrow night in Game 3. There's no doubt that that is what good coaches do because AV finds that nugget a little outside of the 5 nothing loss. You Any coach can just say, guys, we just got blown out 5 nothing. Let's get back on the horse and let's get this team done. No, good coaches also find that nugget that really gets them flowing gets the flow established, and that is what A.V. was able to find. Like, there's no, it's not by accident that A.V. in his press conference is saying that he's not going to make his players forget that they put their top power play line uh, late in the third period of a blowout loss. Like, that is something that good coaches find and great coaches find, like A.V. You're, okay, I see your point. But if I'm evaluating it that way, it's it. You're right. They're trying to find that emotional edge because they need to match the Canadians on an emotional level. Again, the thing for that Montreal locker room is that they're all putting us in all for for Claude Julien right now. They're yep. they're they're they want to play well for their coach. They know they could have played. Listen, they didn't play a bad game in Game One. They just didn't score as many goals as the Flyers. That seems to came down to it. I bet at points in that game for a whole period they were outplay they they outplayed the Flyers. Game two, they have played the Flyers for the entire game. It's kind of settled down a little bit in the late in the first and then towards the second. But overall, Montreal dominated yesterday. The Flyers had chances. They didn't do it. They didn't cash in on any of them. You're looking talking about AV saw that the emotion was lacking yesterday. It yep. needs to match the level of the Canadians. Yep. If you're talking about he's going to let nothing let them forget that disrespect factor. Yeah, that's going to piss the Flyers off. Absolutely. And they're going to come out edgier tomorrow. But the Canadians are still going to come out edgier because they're coming off on a win. This series is not only edgier. They're difficult. going to come out the same. They're going to come. The, like, there's the, the, the no, Montreal. They know the Flyers are going to respond to this. So they're, oh, okay. they know it's going to be a tougher, tougher game. You're going to see the physicality tick up a bit. What I saw yesterday, another big thing, was the Canadians were not getting in a whole lot of scrums. There were times the Flyers were trying to instigate scrums. It was not happening. The Flyers need to continue doing that. They finally called Derek Granholm. The goalie interfered yesterday because he ran into Carey Price again. Yeah, I saw that. The emotional factor is a huge impact of this. And granted, you can get all fired up with the fact, like, I know this team can come back, and I know this team. Look, at some point, at some point, this team is going to see bigger adversity, and that's the test they need to do. It's not about going 1-1 into a series and winning game three. Granted, yes, they might win tomorrow. That would be great. If they lose tomorrow, that's the adversity that this team needs to overcome. And all of a sudden, whoa, we're down in a series that we should be up in. That would get them to match the emotional level, not just the penalty kill part. So that's something where I'm not saying that, oh, I, I want them to lose because I'm getting No, I'm saying if it does happen, I still am not concerned about this series. I still I get that. think that they're going to blow them out of the one. I still think they're going to win in six. I, I just, I, I'd be surprised. This thing could go seven. But I think the Flyers are closing out. So you basically, that. you're expecting them to. Your your thought process is they lose Game Three. They'll they'll realize that they had to come with with tenacity and, and juice and get flow going and have and face this adversity and then string off three straight wins. That's basically yes. what you're saying. Yes, because I think that if the Flyers push back in that factor, that's when you're going to see the top that the talent really start to pick it up and guys who need to start scoring on this team. Their top scorers don't have any any goals at all on this whole round round and in the playoffs they, they don't have anything 
that's when well, you're going to see those guys start picking it up. Well, uh, and none of this... Hopefully it starts tomorrow. Hopefully it right. starts tomorrow. This needs and, to start tomorrow start because, again, and what we talked about uh, after Game 1, the power play continues to go to hell. They went 0 for 5 yesterday. Uh, like, if the power play does not start going here... They're not only going to lose tomorrow, they're not going to win this series. Like, let's be real on this. If the top line and the power play continue to not play to the level that need, they need to be, it's over for this team. There's only been one team ever to not score a power play goal. I mean, the Flyers already have one. In the, play, in the entire playoffs and still win the Stanley Cup. The 2011 Boston Bruins. And I think they might have had one power play goal the entire playoffs. Yeah. But that goes to how I remember that team being as stupid deep. Like, they were one of the deepest teams we've seen in probably in the in the 2010s. They've got a goaltending performance out of Tim Thomas I'd never seen in my entire life. Right. Nothing. I've never seen anybody just dominate a playoff. They also faced a Flyers team that they clearly were wanted to seek revenge on because of 2010 and 3-0 loss. Like, yeah, they completely... You knew... There was... That was the most like okay I know this is over like that was what but like that was to the point where they found the juice and you knew that they were, you were not going to win that so and it's completely different it, it, it not completely different because again I just talked about how this team was stupid deep they're not getting the performance level that they did that Boston got in 2011 with Tim Thomas they're not going to get that with Carter Hart right now maybe he'll turn on a turn a, turn a leaf here but he's been playing outstandingly already I don't think Carter Hart played a bad game yesterday I, no I, I, I agree I don't I mean. The, everything he re- he didn't get beat like at anything that was stoppable. Look, I mean, you could go back in every goal. The first one by Thomas Tatar, it was a rebound that kicked out in front, and Ghost. I'm sorry, uh, not Ghost. It was um, uh, Couturier was out of position, and then he banged it home. The second one was a play where Ghost wasn't tying up somebody's stick, and Carter Hart. I don't think he ever played a little bit. It tried to get in a position as he lifted his leg up and went through. The third with Thomas Tatar, Justin Braun screened him the entire time. Yep. I mean, and then the fourth one was the one where it went off ghost skating in. And so you you really can't blame him for any goals yesterday. It wasn't on him. It wasn't a goaltending issue. It was a defensive issue. It was the defense not playing well, guys not playing. In, uh, they were puck watching and not really focused on the where the players were and just kind of you could see every time the puck was moving they were all going to that strong side and yeah. the Canadians played open ice and I think that's the, the game it, plan they were going with put it this way he turned away 24 or, or excuse me 21 or 24 shots on the even even strength side uh, and then he let the obviously one power play goal go by he was 22 of 26 in a regular season he stays in the game is my I, I still think you yank him at four nothing in a second at, at that at that point I was curious why he pulled him at the at the end of the second there. I would have waited till the intermission. Yeah. But at the same, you just get the kid out of there. You don't want him to risk injury. Like okay, like that's there's two things that go into a goalie pull. Nine times out of ten, it's not because your goaltender's playing bad. It's because you're trying to wake your team up. Yep. Sometimes I was just gonna say that. Yep. Bad goaltending, and then yeah, you gotta yank him. You gotta get him out of there. It's just yep. not his night. Uh, overall, it wasn't because of Carter Hart's play. It's because you need to change the momentum of the team that you're leaving your goalie and hang out to dry. But I can tell you, by the time he got to that bench, the, he had just blocked it out of his memory and moved on to the next one. Yes. That's what you do as a goal. Yeah, don't don't mistake. Like, yes, he played. He, he let up four goals. He, he could have played better. But also, as we were just alluding to, it, it wasn't entirely his fault how this all went down. Tomorrow night, he's going to play again. He's going to turn away pucks, and he's going to for completely forget about it. Like, this is what Carter Hart and all goalies are able to do. Like, they are able to block away the bad performances, focus on the good that they did that game, 
they don't perform they don't focus on either the good performance as a whole or the bad performance as a whole. They take the nuggets that they need to to perform to the level that they did again to the next game and then they move on with their lives. Right. So again, it's it's all mental for a goaltender. For them it's just get in front of that puck. It's just stop it. Trust your technique, do what you do. Steve Steve Mason, if if people don't remember Steve Mason before he got traded to Philadelphia, he was one of the best goaltenders. He was actually won the Calder Trophy in 2009 for being the best goaltender in the league um, in, in Columbus. And he just fell apart after that. And the reason why is that he just he kind of lost how to go about stopping the puck. And he tried to had too much on his plate. So what he came here, Jeff Reese installed something. He goes, okay, play whistle uh, to break to break. So basically his whole mindset, instead of focusing on a whole 60 minutes, would focus just on to the next TV timeout. And then he would go and focus even a second. That's why he he got so much better. Yep. Um. That so it's all mentality for goaltender and how you actually go about it. I, I I'm telling you, but the way Carter Hart is, by the time he got to that bench, he didn't he did it didn't it didn't rattle him one bit. That's just not the way he plays. You don't have to worry about that kid ever getting rattled. It's not his style. However, I want to go back to your point about the power play because we were talking about that and we got sidetracked. The power play. You're right. It does need to wake up. But I think that there need to be some personnel changes with it. I don't like how JVR is not on the power play. You have to. Yeah, get that's him in so front of weird. I, look, I understand he's on the fourth line, and there, there's something they might not like. But I don't understand looking at that systemically. I don't get why you wouldn't put your biggest body in front of Carey Price and make some disruption. Like, look, Jake was doing it the other day, and it led the first goal. Yep. He actually wound up getting credit for that goal too. They took it away from Provorov and gave it to uh, gave it to Jake. Um, so, from game one, they made that correction. So, Jake actually had a goal in that game, so he did have a good game. Um, there you go. So, but I don't understand why they're not putting – I don't see what they don't like about it. I mean, you could put them on the off wing, but at the same time, you want your biggest body there. And JVR is very good at getting those rebounds and, and putting them in the net. So, um, I, I would do that. And even, honestly, if you're really, really trying to get the power play going, you need to cause disruption, havoc in front. You know who I put on the power play? I'd put Derek Grant on the power play. I would put him as, yeah, as the net front. That's press. interesting. Oh, because he's he's not afraid to get in the dirty space and piss off Carey Price. And yeah. as soon as Carey Price sees number 38 in front of him, you know he's going to have it in the back of his mind. Well, that's the thing that they really, not just on the power play, but just in general. They took some really, they took a lot of shots. I think you said they took 30 shots total last night. Uh, yeah, they took. They got outshot by the Canadians, thirty-two to thirty. Yeah, like they all seemed lazy, lazy shots. They seems like just throw them from the point, get them in the slot, maybe here and there, take them sharp angles that like Claude Giroux and Kevin Hayes take. They never really get Carey Price moving. As we talked about in the preview of the series, they need to get him moving. They need to get him rattled. Just like Derek Grant, when he he was checked into Carey Price the first time. Last night, not so much. But, like, they need to get this guy rattled and moving and going side to side to get him be able to give up those big rebounds to create the goals. He, you know, the Flyers had 17 even strength shots against them and 13 power play shots against them. But the thing is, Carey Price was very controlled last night. Yeah. He did, he, he controlled his rebounds very well. And when they did, Montreal collapsed around the net and was able to clear him out and tie up flyer sticks. They weren't able to jab him home. So those dirty garbage goals that we talked about that you need on the power play, they weren't getting those. Montreal played very, very responsible defensively in front of Carey Price. Look, Carey Price wasn't lights out last night. But Carey Price did enough where he kept the Flyers off the board completely. And I wouldn't say he stole the game, but that could have been probably a 5-2, maybe 5-3 win for the yeah. Canadians. Yep. 
Carey Price was the reason why they got shut out last night. That that was on him and the t- complete team effort that they had. Um, that's uh, that that's something that again, it, it, Carey Price is enough where he could do it. Shea Weber was, really wasn't a factor yesterday, so they took out a lot of um, they took out him as far as that goes. He was a plus two yesterday. Only had one shot on goal yesterday, so they really did a good job of isolating him and not allowing him to do anything. But you know, other guys who can score, Thomas Tatar can score goals, and yes, Barry Kakanyemi, he's a young guy. Um, you know, he's got a lot of talent in Joel Armia. Joel Armia had a ton of shots against the Flyers this year during the uh, during the regular season. So yeah. uh, they 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 have guys who are able to work it around and, and, and you know and and actually put the puck in the net for him. But they, they didn't have to do much too defensively because the Flyers just weren't there. Again, as that's as deep as the evaluation as we can really go. Only reason why is because tomorrow <clears throat> they're gonna hit the reset button, they're gonna move on from it. They're going to look forward to Game 3. Game 3 is going to be tougher. Game 3 is going to get chippier because both teams are going to want it. It really comes down to who's got the emotional edge in the game. But, I mean, if I'm looking if anything they need to do better is that, yes, you're right. They need to start cashing on the power play. I'd make some adjustments there. 13 shots in the power play is really, really good. Yep. Um, you know, but they uh, just they need to create need better to chances. The yeah, they need to get better they, chances. Especially 5-on-5. Five five. Like, yeah. You're not going to win a series off your power play points. And, yep. and even because they're not cashing in, it, it doesn't help your cause. Yep. They need to figure out a way, even strength, to make sure they can beat Carrier Price, yep. and so they've they've got they've got some work to do, but I think that emotionally they're going to do it. And but I think the big personnel change will be. Uh, we haven't seen anything yet, but you got to keep an eye on what happens to Travis Konechny. That would be a big big loss. I would for expect him if he's not able to play. Yeah, and I don't think expect, I expect Raffle to come into into this. I, I expect maybe Morgan Frost, but I think it's more likely that Raffle uh, comes into this, especially because I think they said he's been cleared to play. Obviously, he had that weird injury yep. there, but. I would I would expect Mike uh, 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 Raffle to join in, but if he can't go, uh, Morgan Frost again. Next man up, uh, next man up mindset should be for this yep. team for the for the foreseeable future. Like this is one of the deepest Flyers teams. We talked about it time and time again. One yep. of the deepest Flyers teams we've had in quite some time. So yes, it sucks that Travis Konechny is out. Like he need he's the top scorer on the team, but. There's plenty of goal scoring to be given if the team can spread out and actually start to wake up, especially on that top line. Yep, agreed. So. Agreed. I, I look, there's 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 a lot to look forward to. It's going to still be a long series. Just shake this game off. As soon as they walked in the locker room, they were on the game three, just like they were with the win. And yet, you one. still think they'll lose it? Well, I don't see it being outside <laughs> the realm of possibility. Look, at some point, everybody wants to say, have a hey, take. Well, have a take. Are they going to win this game tomorrow night, or are they going to lose? Boy, you really put me on the spot. I am. I'm putting you on the spot. Have a take. Come on. Have a take. I think they drop tomorrow. Okay, I I think that I think AV is going to get them it. going. I I just I I seen enough red flags from the second period and the entire game yesterday. I think they they think they might drop game three, but I think that'll actually be a benefit for them because they haven't lost back to back games in a long time. They haven't had their backs to the wall like whoa, we're down in this series now where we should be up. We should be playing better. Yep. I, I think that having that a two one. Might give them the kick in the ass. They really need to really ramp it up to the level they need to be at, especially those top two lines. So I, I just think if it doesn't happen and they do win, hey, great, that's wonderful. I, I, I'm not rooting against them. I'm just saying looking at this overall, if they do lose tomorrow, it's not the worst thing in the world. It really isn't. No, I, I agree there. I just I, I think I think they turn this around. I think Carter Hart's going to – I'm not – 
predicting a shutout. No way. I'm never going to put that that mojo on uh, that bad mojo on a goalie. I think Carter Hart's going to come out flying here, and I especially on the defense. They, they just got to make a couple changes on the D line, especially. Yeah, they got to make personnel adjustments, and they'll yep. be fine. And they'll and, be fine. And and, 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 and work on to figure out a way to change that personnel on the power play. That, yes. that power play has got to improve. Power play is the biggest concern for me right now. Yeah, because they're not going to get to the garbage goals against Carey Price. They're, they're not going to do it. They're not. I mean, they, they're they're going to have to get screens in front. They're going to have to create traffic. They're going to have to, you know, get off rebounds. When Carey Price doesn't put off rebounds, you're going to have a long night, and that's what he was doing yesterday. Uh, all right. Well, we'll talk to you guys tomorrow night uh, for the reaction to Game Three. Um, hopefully, it's a good one. It's a good win for the Flyers, but. Uh, this is this is a certain wake up call after game two. Five nothing is not something you just sniff at and just you like we we keep saying that they'll move on, but you also have it in the back of your mind that you know that you just you undervalued your opponent in Montreal, and now the Flyers have to start waking up here. So uh, Scott says they'll lose. I say they'll win game one, game three to take a two one lead. Um, this is certainly going to be a tougher series than we expected. I still think they'll win in five, um, but it's not going to be as as rollover as it should be. But that's going to do it for us here on Orange and Backcheck. Follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, all that good Hold stuff. On. Yeah. Before you go, how's your dog doing? Oh, he's fine. Oh, rough morning. Rough, rough morning no for the pup. No pun intended. Yeah. Rough morning? Oh, well done. You know what? You and, you and your dad jokes. Have listen, got... listen. I, I can't help myself with it. I can't help myself. You, know, all you he come did... on telling me that your dog's puking and all this hey, stuff. And... If four times. I mean, it, 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 we, we went for a record today. We went for four times with the dog of puking. So oh. that's all we can say. What did he eat? We're not sure. Uh... Take him outside and nibble the grass. Usually that can that, that settle their stomach down. Yeah. I heard the. Uh, wait a minute. What? I heard that makes them puke. I, I mean, I, if their stomach is bothering them, they'll they'll eat some grass. He seemed like I said, it, like I told you, in the, he he did his business, and then uh, he had that incident, and now he seems fine. He just went for a walk. If you heard him in the background coming back home from his my, with my wife, so he seems fine. He'll be yeah. fine. You're, you're just freaking out again because of the mushroom that he ate last week. Oh, yeah, that, that was not fun, but oh well. Uh, all right, that's going to do it here for Orange and Backcheck. Uh, again, follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and fi- Instagram and Facebook at Orange and Backcheck. Uh, shoot us an email if you have any questions or thoughts on game one or game two at or, or, excuse me, Orange and Backcheck at gmail.com. Orange and Backcheck at gmail.com. He's Scott. I'm Bill. We thank you for listening. We'll talk to you guys tomorrow night. Play. What do you mean who still uses an iPod? No one uses an iPod. Yeah, Every they do. an iPhone is exactly the same no, thing. Not. But but it is. My iPhone can hook in headphones, so it wouldn't work. Get Bluetooth. No. You're a psycho. Okay. Oh shit, I was recording. Uh oh. That's gonna be on the end of the pod. I knew she would start saying that shit, so I purposely started the recording.